A reading from the Gospel of Matthew. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky soil, where they did not have much soil until they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear when the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another case sixty, and in another thirty. Word of God, word of life. Thanks, Alan. You may be seated. I want to begin today by reading a short poem by a local artist and poet, Lori Hattin. It fell down, 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 barely whispering as it went. I can't tell you enough how much this part matters. And even if you hear me, you won't fully understand, not until spring. As a kid, I remember seeing the publisher clearinghouse commercials while I watched cartoons on Saturday mornings. Does anyone remember these commercials? Yes. The camera would pan on a man in a suit with coiffed hair walking up to a front door, and he would be holding this huge bouquet of flowers and this massive plastic check. And he would knock on the door, and whoever lived there would open up the door, often still in their pajamas. And the man would say, you have just won the publisher clearinghouse giveaway and won million dollars. The person in the house would look stunned, scream, or start to cry. And a marching band who was not in camera's view would start to play, and confetti would be thrown. And just for a moment, I stepped away from my box of cereal as my young, naive mind thought that this was really true 
And also I have to confess, I was so enthralled with that huge check. So I went to my mom and I asked her when they would be coming to our house. <laughs> and she smiled and she told me that you had to buy a magazine subscription, which we weren't doing, to even receive an entry form. And with that, the chances were, well, one in a million. And maybe that is why when I read this story this week, that my mind immediately went to Jesus' words, some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. If that's really true, then does that mean that one little seed will produce 100 carats, or one act of kindness will ripple into 100 more? Can this really be true? How can I make this happen? The only example that came to mind this week was the one tiny zinnia plant that I put in a pot in early May. And as I have slept in spring and summer, that one little zinnia has multiplied to flower heads too many to count. But why isn't this true for everything in life? As I mentioned in the welcome, Jesus is teaching again. In this time, he's on land and water. So many people are gathered around and need to hear something about God and are so curious to figure out where God may be in their lives that Jesus has to get into a boat so everyone around could see and hear him tell stories about who God is. Now, I wish Alan that we could have just stopped at verse 8 today. Just to leave this story that some seeds grow and some seeds don't. Instead of explaining all the ways the soil gets messed up, our lives and our decisions being the soil and the reason that seeds don't grow. We already experience evil, trouble, persecution, and doubt. I know personally this week how easy it is to spend hours scanning and adding Amazon Prime deals to my cart, getting distracted and lured by the riches of this world that I think can make life easier and maybe a little bit more fun. And I'm not sure today any of us can hear and truly understand the word of God enough for a seed to produce a hundredfold. We know that even with good effort, nothing takes root as we expect it to. And we can all find examples of how we have fallen short, how our seed has dried up or been snatched away by the doubts or cares of this world. And it seems pretty meaningless to think the only hope we live in is for a publisher's clearinghouse moment in our lives. Now, Jesus doesn't answer all these questions today. And as much as I hope that we will always land on good soil, we know that that cannot be true because life doesn't fit into neat little rows, weeds and vests, Droughts are real, and seeds of hope get trampled on and snatched. 
But do you, do you notice today when Jesus teaches that the sower doesn't seem all that concerned about planting perfectly? There are not well-thought-out strategic plan or key objectives for how this garden will grow. Just seeds getting cast everywhere and anywhere. The sower seems to already know that all the seeds won't grow, but there doesn't seem to be a shortage of seeds. The sower is also willing to trust in the odds of seeds finding good soil to grow, and the likelihood that seeds may even grow and produce in the most unlikely places. Because if you think about it, good soil is filled with things that have died, that have been composted then into rich nutrients. When we all come back to church in September, we'll invite you into a gallery to see photos and read stories of places that seeds have been cast here at Mount Olivet and where things are growing. I suspect many of these stories will surprise you because they have been sprouting quietly with people who you probably haven't yet met in places that may be unfamiliar to you. Jesus says to us, Anyone with ears, listen. We need to hear stories of where seeds are growing 30, 60, and 100-fold to nurture our faith, to remind us that God is up to something, even when all we see ahead is dry, empty fields. And we need to hear that growth does not need to be in publisher clearinghouse moments but actually happens in the mundane, in the ordinary, your life and in your neighbor. This is all fine, I guess, but do we just meander around life and hope to spot the sower one day? Do we have a part in this sowing saga? I went on a walk with a friend this week, and she was telling me about her friend's daughter and dad who were killed in a car accident and the mounting grief, shock, and complexity that she was feeling in her heart that she knew was felt throughout a wide community. This experience of death is unimaginable, loss so great that it cannot make sense, and it leaves us feeling empty, dry, and helpless. A reminder of how fragile and unpredictable the soil of this world can be. And then she walked a little more. And she told me that she felt energy in her body. And it was a mix of deep grief and also a propensity of life to do something for her friend. Now, I'm not really sure how we scattered seeds, but I think what she was telling me was just that. The energy to contribute, to make life better for someone, to grow something where there is not enough or nothing. Simple acts of showing up and extending love and compassion tangibly are seeds. Seeds that may get hidden underground for a long time, 
but seeds we hear today that will sprout to harvest life, to feed, and to heal. I promise you that we will make catastrophizing conclusions when all we see is dry land, when the birds pluck up and the weeds overgrow, when a fresh bud just withers away. But when that is all that we see or feel, we need to remember the sower and how freely that sower casts the seeds and invites us to do the same. It just takes one to produce a hundredfold, to grow in a place where a garden has never grown before. If God is a sower, as Jesus teaches us today, then in baptism, when water is splashed on our heads and God's word is spoken, a seed gets planted in our heart and it will take a lifetime to fully produce. But it will. And you have been gifted with the ability to both cast and tend seeds and to hear the promise that the growth will happen as uniquely as you are. And God the sower keeps sowing, and there is no place that is off limits. Even the cracker that you will eat today came from flour grown and harvested from the ground. A grape was formed and crushed so juice could reveal God's promise to you. So don't fret about what kind of soil you are today. That will always change with time. But keep learning from the sower who promises to always be with you and in this world. The hundredfold will come not as a big plastic check at your front door, but slowly and truly each day as life. Thanks be to the sower. Amen.